So we're expecting an election call this Sunday with Canadians heading to the polls September 20th. Uh, coming up pretty quick here. The latest polling has the Liberals leading, uh, Yeah, depending on where you're looking, it's about 39 to 26, somewhere in that neighbourhood. Or no, sorry, 36 to 29 uh, over the Conservatives, roughly in that area. Um, we'll take a look at, you know, how those polls roll out over the coming days. But that's where we're starting from anyway. So Conservatives have some ground to make up, no doubt about it. They haven't been successful in doing that uh, since the last election. It's pretty much been constant. Uh, we're going to chat now with uh, Melissa Cowett, who is a political consultant, a strategist, and a writer. Melissa, thank you for joining us. Always a delight to talk to you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. So let's take a look at the Conservative position as we head into this election. We know they have one, all but one, seat uh, in the province of Alberta, and I guess the goal, obviously, is to take back that seat. But is there a possibility, just based on the flagging support of the UCP party in Alberta, that they could be in danger of maybe losing another one or two? I think so. I don't know that it's directly related to what's happening provincially, but, you know, you see what's happened across the country. Mm -hmm. People have had to depend more and more on government support. People have been struggling, and... The Liberals have been the party that has been the face of helping Canadians through this time. Um, other political parties obviously would be doing the same thing, but the Liberals really have an advantage in that they've been able to provide that leadership um, throughout the pandemic. So they certainly have an advantage going into this election. I think that, um, you know, Albertans have traditionally obviously voted Conservative, as you, as you mentioned, all but one seat um, in Edmonton, Strathcona. I don't know that... Um, they are ever they're going to be able to sweep the province, um, but certainly they could lose a couple because the Liberals have been making a really big effort, especially in Edmonton and Calgary, where mm-hmm. they feel like they can pick up some support in the cities for sure. So I, I don't think they're going to keep um, all the seats that they have, but the goal will to be will be to be as lose as many little as possible. Um, the question, you know, we've already got text here. Um like John sent a text saying, Shay, the federal conservatives will never win anything as long as they keep picking leaders with the personality of a pet rock. Aaron O'Toole is really getting it from all sides as we head into this campaign. Um, conservatives not impressed. Um, can he turn this around? I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time, and he hasn't managed to make a lot of headway leading up to this, but um, he's he's got everything riding on this, does he not? He sure does, and he's coming in at a disadvantage because he hasn't had the time that Trudeau has had over the past, um, almost decade to interact with and get to know Albertans and Canadians. Aaron O'Toole became the leader, as you know, last almost a, a year ago exactly this August when he took over the leadership of the Federal Conservative Party. He spent the entire past year campaigning during a pandemic, so not meeting people in person as much. Having to also talk about the pandemic and issues related to the pandemic, it's, it's very difficult to be sort of um, creative and innovative during a time where people are really just needing their, their basic health needs met. So it's, it doesn't allow for as much opportunity for the art of the possible. Um, and just not, not being able to, to talk about um, to talk about big ideas is really a disadvantage for him. So I, I, I would probably disagree with the texture who says that he has a personality of a pet rock. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he's just not had the time to interact with people as much. And that's going to be a struggle to make up in a very, well, it was expected to be a very short yeah. campaign frame. And the other thing, Melissa, okay, I mean, it, it's always the, I mean, Sheer had the same rap, right? Sheer just couldn't get it done as leader, so they replaced him, they brought in Tool, and now already um, O'Toole is getting the same rap before we even go to the polls. What about, let me just throw this out there, it's not the leader, it's the party. 
and it's the policy, and it's the way, I mean, whether you like it or not, Canada has moved more to the left, or at least to, you know what I mean? Um, and some of the things that the Conservative Party gets branded with uh, is just as detrimental to them being elected on a national level as the leader is. Correct. It's a big tent party, and there's lots of different views that exist within the party. But I think the most important thing to remember here is that Aaron O'Toole has actually come in with a very pragmatic agenda. Throughout the leadership race last year, um, he was definitely seen as one of the um, sort of center-right, more conservative candidates amongst the four who ran. But, you know, even just this week, he's releasing... Um, you know, the conservative innovation agenda. They're talking about diversifying the economy. They have put a lot of the social issues from a leadership perspective to bed. So I think Aaron O'Toole is really trying to to come at this from a little bit of a different angle. You know, there are a lot of people with fringe views in other political parties as well that, you know, don't get branded um, right. in the same way that conservatives do. So I think it's important to remember that members have a say, certainly, but the tone from the top is really the most important in terms of what will that party actually move forward on. And I think you're right. I think O'Toole recognizes that. I mean, when he's talking about carbon taxes and things like that, moving it closer to the center and recognizing if you want to win votes, that's where you need to be um, and not silencing those. It's, It's a tough line to walk. There's no question. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that's very important to the Conservative Party of Canada and Um, you know, should be in their own way important to other political parties is making sure that everybody within the big tent feels like there's a place to discuss ideas. If there are people with social conservative views in the party who want to discuss those, I am for free speech. I am for the ability of people to be able to talk about those. Where it becomes an issue is when you have leaders who are willing to let those fringe voices on either side, on the progressive side or on the far right side, dominate the agenda. And I think that Aaron O'Toole has said he's not going to do that. And so I'm not concerned that's going to be an issue under his leadership. I think you're absolutely right. And I think I'm always shocked by the parallels that you can draw between the conservatives in Canada and the Democrats in the United States. Um, It's the same thing. You've got the far, far left that really has a lot of influence on the Democrats to that party's detriment. Um, I always get texts about the Maverick Party and uh, people and why, why don't you never talk about the Macro Party? What, what, where are they at? Are they going to be a player in this election, Melissa, or is it still too early for them? Look, there's a lot of different movements happening in terms of dealing Alberta, specifically with Alberta and Western Canada's place within Confederation. You have the Maverick Party. You have... Um, obviously, the equalization referendum happening um, in October uh, with the alongside the Alberta municipal elections. So there's lots of talk about these themes. I don't think that the Maverick Party is going to pick up seats, and I don't personally believe that separating from Canada is a prudent idea. I don't believe that that's the opinion of many conservatives either. However, the leaders, time and time again, have had a real issue getting Ottawa to listen on issues that are really important. I mean, you look just a couple of weeks ago, um, Minister Schultz in Alberta was getting a lot of flack over the child care yes. deal. And it's there are blatant examples where Quebec and other provinces are having a lot easier time dealing with Ottawa than Alberta has. And this is a pattern that's gone on for a long time. So while I don't believe that these parties um, are going to pick up uh, seats, per se, they're they're trying to come at conversations and issues that Albertans care about that they, that have been unsuccessful and and that's the point of them and if they can be if the issues that they're talking about can be brought into the conversation federally any political leader not even just the conservative 
um, leader, but the prime minister as well, if they can find ways to talk about those in a meaningful way and move the dial, they can have real success in Alberta. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But in the meantime, it's the same old conservative thing of unite, divide, unite, divide, split the vote. Um, The Liberals benefit most from the Maverick Party, I would think. If you're going to talk about them picking up seats in Alberta, any vote that's siphoned from the Conservatives to the Maverick Party benefits the Liberals, right? It depends how much the Maverick Party can pick up. I mean, Conservatives in Alberta win with, like, massive margins, Usually, 70, 80 yeah. percent in some in some ridings, right? So I think it'll be, like I said earlier, that the seats that are a little bit closer um, in Edmonton and Calgary. And, yeah, if they if they have success there. But, I mean, I don't think the Maverick Party is picking up seats in Edmonton, Calgary, right. so I don't think the math line's up there. But, but you're, you're right, it is possible to do some vote splitting. Always interesting, and of course, we'll see what happens on Sunday, and uh, we'll probably chat during the campaign. Melissa, thanks so much for your insight. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. That is Melissa Cowett, who is a political consultant and a strategist and a writer, um, really plugged into what's going on with the Conservative Party at all levels. It's always good to talk to her and get her take on what's happening. It's going to be interesting. Um, You know, I don't know... What, how their seats will, will shake out in the province of Alberta, but there's going to be some battles. There's going to be some battles. The, the Liberals have brought in some pretty high-profile candidates in Edmonton and Calgary. Will they be enough to tip the balance? We'll have to see. Uh, it's tough. It's tough in this province right now, but, uh, I mean, things are constantly shifting, right? So we'll see, and we'll continue to track it, and as I said, the election call expected on Sunday.